G'day folks and welcome to another episode of the Club Rugby Collective. This week, another country edition. My name is Brendan Source Hotel from Queensland Rugby. I'll be your host as per usual. And joining me today, I've got two very good mates of mine. Joining me from Warwick, I've got Jackson Frawley. And from up in Gladstone, I've got Seamus O'Connor. Boys, how are we? Good, mate. Good, thanks, how are mate. You? Not too bad. Now, gents, obviously, it's been about two months now that we've all been in uh, isolations. Restrictions have changed as of this weekend and people are getting out and about. But uh, how have the last two months uh, treated you fellas? Go on first, Seamus. It's all you. Uh, mate, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting time, that's for sure, um, to come out for uh, what I felt like a good bit of momentum into the season, into a dead stop, has been a, a real change. So, it's um, yeah, it's been certainly an interesting time. For you, Jackson? Yeah, it's um, it's been a bit of a different time. Um, still, I'm, I'm working at a school out here, so um, we've just been basically business as usual, uh, but just kids on online learning. But then from the footy side, it's um, it's been a bit of a shock. We got to play one trial against um, Helen's Vale. And then the week after, it was basically, you know, we all got – that was when we got told to stop. So, yeah, like Seamus said, it was interesting to come to a dead halt, which um, which is tough. Then just trying to get back into it now. Yeah, mate, you mentioned Helen's Vale there. Now, obviously, the guys uh, at the Hogs, they were extremely supportive of you guys while you were um, experiencing the drought. Um, for those that weren't aware, Warwick is one of uh, the regions of towns in, in Queensland was severely hit with with the drought. And um, thankfully, the guys at Helmsvale did a couple of regular water runs out there to help support the club. But obviously, Jackson, that's meant that you've had two really tough, um, I suppose, scenarios completely outside of the players and the club's control to have to deal with. Uh, how's it sort of affected the boys out there? Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's it's been a tough time, and not just not just for sport or for, but for just everyone's life in general. Towards the back end of last year and the start of summer, we had all the obviously all the bushfires, and then on the we had the drought, and we were all down to um, eighty liters per day each person. So um, <laughs> that's a bit of a shock. And then my sister always tells me, you flush the toilet and you lose seven liters. So that builds up quickly. But um, yeah, like I said, the, the boys from Helensville did a ton of um, two trips. And there was a third penciled in um, in January that got canned. But um, they did two trips for water and um, food and um, like non-perishable foods and even like Christmas presents um, wrapped to, to distribute to people who were having a tough time. And there is there's a lot of people like that. So it was we got a bit of a respite and a bit of a break with the drought, and then yeah, next thing you know, everyone's losing a bit of work, and well, a lot of people are losing their jobs because of the pandemic. So it's been a bit of a tough time, but hopefully we're starting to get through the other side or get on a path towards the other side of it all. And mate, you mentioned employment there. I suppose for both you guys and in, in either of your regions, it's sort of well documented how the impact of COVID nineteen is affected. Um, you know, workers, whether it's within the city or major corporations like the likes of like Qantas and Virgin and things like that. But in regional areas like Warwick, like Gladstone, what have you guys seen in terms of um, the impact for, for your players and uh, their, their employment status? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah go sorry. on. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, 
I've been, and we've been very lucky in where we are in Gladstone, um, being such an industrial town um, in terms of, you know, we've got processing plants that need to pretty much run 24-7 uh, to be able to sustain themselves. So, for example, the plant that I work on, um, you can't actually turn it off. So otherwise they would have to um, do fair, a fair amount of work to, to get it going again. So we've been very lucky in that sense where um, I guess we are so essential in a sense of running these plants. So, and a lot of the town work either directly employed to them or, or you know, um, or as sort of a subcontractor out of that. So it's, um, yeah, it's been lucky for us that we continued, most of us have continued to work unless we're, um, you know, obviously the obvious ones with hospitality and, and um, yeah, sports and things like that. So yeah, we've been pretty lucky in that sense. And yeah, we we have a um, a sponsor of ours, John D. There, and meet works out here, and they seem to be going. They employ a lot of people, and they seem to be going. Um, they're still going and working uh, all through this, so that it's good in that sense. But yeah, like Shamer said, the the, hosp the hospitality and the small the smaller businesses like down the main street and the shopping center took a took a fairly big hit, and and the different um, like the gyms and places like that. Obviously, we've all been shut down in the pools. Uh, so it has been interesting. Yeah, but it's, um, yeah, like I said, hopefully we're getting through to the other side now. Fingers crossed, boys. And um, from what Rob Johnson um, uh, was telling me last week, he's on Downs Board, Healers, Co Healers Head Coach. Uh, he was saying that there hasn't sort of been any new cases sort of west of Toowoomba for a period of weeks, which is definitely positive. But um, before we get deeper into the pod, guys, and and talk about some other stuff. I think um, it's important for, for our listeners to get a bit of an understanding of um, your guys' rugby backgrounds and your connection with um, with country rugby. Um, so, Seamus, let's kick off with you, mate, up in Gladstone. Um, walk us through, mate, uh, how you first got into rugby and, and how you've ended up as uh, as president up in Gladstone as well as uh, a budding, starring young lock with uh, healer's aspirations, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um yeah, I guess to myself, I, I grew up uh, west of Gundawindi, um, you know, playing playing my juniors with the emus out there um, from, I guess, I think uh, under six onwards and, until I went away to, to boarding school and, and high school in Toowoomba, um, went to TGS there and um, played all through school and had a couple of years off after school, actually, um, away from footy and, and sort of found it again, uh, studying at UQ and got into the heavies there and played, um, I think, five seasons in the end. Had a ripper of a time. Um, you know, as, as I remind you boys all the time, how great a club it is um, down there in Brisbane, um, you Tiger boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, finished up with them in 2015 uh, on the actual, on the UK tour to the Rugby World Cup. One of the best times of my life going over there with, you know, 30-odd blokes, uh, two sides, touring, playing Loughborough, um, Oxford and Cambridge uh, universities and, yeah, having having a ball. And and then um, actually tried to retire again or tried to get out of it again and um, thought I'd, you know, that would be it, finishing in, in um, Cambridge with a win. Uh, said that would be it for myself. And, and then um, came up to Gladstone working and, and Gladstone being a rugby league town, after three years, I started to get the itch again, and I thought, oh, no, stuff it. I'll go and try this rugby league thing. And uh, 
I went and had three games and absolutely sucked at it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and I thought, oh yeah, no, nah, this isn't for me. So, um, yeah, went down to the Gruffs and had a run with them at the back end of the season. I think that was, um, yeah, that was the end of 2018. Got three games in and then, and then started playing full time last year again. So, um, ended up captaining the side the A-grade side for most of the year and then um, coming painfully close to a, a grand final berth, losing out in the um, prelim final to, to Brothers, um, team that we hadn't lost to all year. Um, but, yeah, and then and then end of the year came around the AGM and just just the person I guess I am, I always love to get involved in, in, in everything I do and, and do it to, you know, the best I can and, just saw an opportunity here with the club from from what I'd seen down in Brisbane and what I've been a part of at, at UQ and, and in Premier Rugby, well, Queensland Premier Rugby, you know, not playing Premier, obviously, but part of that that um, scene down there is just just awesome. And, and I could see a lot of what we did down there translating to what we do, to what we could do up here to, to, to build the game. So, and um, we've, got a, we've got an excellent field of juniors up here coming through that, you know, are just fantastic and, and seeing that future growth for the for rugby in, in Gladstone. I just, yeah, saw the opportunity and thought I'd jump on board and, and try and help out and share some knowledge where I can. No, awesome stuff, mate. I know uh, the Gladstone uh, public, mate, we've obviously, or the rugby community, I should say, we, we saw a lot of in the last uh, 12 months with NRC and Super Rugby up there and we'll, we'll get to that. Um, because the guys mm. are absolutely awesome, great hosts. So we will reflect on that. But uh, Jackson, mate, for your rugby career, um, obviously yours and my footy career is intertwined a few times, mate. Uh, that's how we got to know each other. But uh, walk us through how things started out for you, mate. Yeah, so I um, I grew up in a, a small town called Mooney. It's about two hours west of Toowoomba and an hour west of Dolby. And um, there's not much there, but there's about 100 people in the town. Um, so I was, we always had to travel to play our sports. I always grew up playing football, uh, soccer, football, and um, rugby league because it was all we had out there. But then I went to um, boarding school at Downlands, and that's when I started playing rugby. And I got through, got through my five years there and played, played footy and then moved to – the Sunshine Coast to go to uni and we that's obviously where I met you and we started playing uh, for USC Rugby and I had about eight seasons there. Um, played in a Colts grand final with you and we played in a um, A-grade grand final. We lost and then the year after the A-grade grand final, we won, which is unreal. And then just a couple of weeks after that grand final, I moved to Ireland to have a season with Cashel. In Tipperary, um, had a had a good season there. A tough, big learning experience. Um, mostly the conditions were the hardest part about living there. And then I came back and I moved to Brizzy, um, and moved to East, the arguably the greatest prem club in history. Yeah, for sure. Um, had a season there and got a um, got a message from a mate of mine who asked me to go for a season in the Netherlands, and I thought. Why not? It'd be un- be unbelievable experience, and I did that and had a great time. Um, it was some good footy and had just a, a wicked time in the Netherlands, obviously. And then I came back and I was home for about a month, and I thought, "Nah, I want to go again." And the club in Germany got in contact with me, and then I played and I went over there for a season, and then I came 
uh, and I was back here end of uh, in July, August last year, back to Warwick because um, this is where my mum lives, and that's why I was back visiting her whenever I could, and um, went down to footy training every now and then towards the back end of last season, got to know everyone, and yeah, really jumped on board with this season and was um, really keen to get into a season of footy here on the Downs because I haven't played um, Downs footy since I was 17, um, playing a bit of club, but we are still at school. Nice, mate. And uh, not to mention living rent-free at my joint at the end of last year as well. Yeah, what a trait. What a good bloke you are. <laughs> we looked after each other, mate. That's what the rugby community is all about. That's exactly right. Um, now, Jacko, you've been, uh, since you've been out in Warwick, mate, obviously uh, during your period in rugby, you've been pretty heavily involved in um, health and fitness on the on the outside of that. I know you did some PT study while you were on the coast and a little bit of sports and exercise science amongst the three other degrees you dabbled in at USC. <laughs> You got to try before you buy. That's it. <laughs> got to sample the goods. Um, but mate, uh, you've eventually landed on teaching, and that's what you're doing out in Warwick. But uh, the health and fitness stuff, mate, seeing you um, run a bit of uh, social media uh, challenges, etc., for the boys out there at the at Warwick. Um, talk us through, mate, what you're doing out there for the fellas to try to keep them fit as uh, you guys prepare for for a hopeful return to rugby. Yeah. Um... It kind of started more of a we they had a big AGM at the start of the year and they said uh they really wanted to, the club uh really wanted to work on a strategic one year plan and a and a five year plan and what that looked like and what they wanted the club to look like after a year and after five years. And something that was flagged, not not by me, was a bigger social reach um through media and just through the community. And Everyone thought that's a great idea and this and that. And they started doing little things and it was all going well. And then obviously um, with COVID, everything shut down and we were kind of sitting on our hands for a while. And uh, one of the boys came to me and said, why don't we film some stuff and just take the piss kind of, but also get people involved. And if they think it's funny, it's funny, it's good. If they get fit, they get fit. It's even better. Um, So we just went from there. Uh, so there's a few videos out if you want to see me embarrass myself they're out there um, and actually talking about doing some more uh, because I think we're probably still a good month away before before training or if everything um, goes well training officially that is so um, we'll have to get some more stuff out there and we'll take requests if anyone has any for well, some mate, videos uh, you've got a bit of notoriety <laughs> on the, the Downs News last week mate Oh, yeah, as well. That's true. I think that was another thing they wanted to do. They wanted to get any sort of, ex- I mean, continue building exposure. And um, it was because of those videos that uh, Seven News Toowoomba uh, messaged the club and asked if we could, if, if they could come out and film some stuff and just uh, our thoughts on the potential starts of the season. And so, yeah, we did that. And uh, the president asked me to go down and talk along with our secretary t- Tess and yeah. And so it all came from that. Happy days, mate. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'd like to say I've got a face for radio, but my voice isn't even for radio. <laughs> you haven't even played an official dad's rugby game yet. And you're already the face of uh, Warwick, mate. No, I'm like, yeah, I know. I'll win the cop this year and that'll be good enough. 
It must be a USC thing. We got uh, Alex Clark up here this season. hasn't played a proper game yet. He's he's like it's like he's been around here for years. Well, I understand that uh, he's helping lead the charge in terms of your health and fitness as well up at Gladstone, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of hot air going around at the moment. Um, but uh, Clark, he's set up a Clarky's home gym, um, taking you know the boys can call by any time, one at a time, obviously, um, till till recently, and um, kept kept the dream alive, uh, running the running the home gym and. And then started throwing chat out that he was going to run the socials up against Jackson and um, <laughs> and run some challenges, but yeah, yet yet to be seen. Yes, so, have seen yeah. nothing yet. Yeah, so I, you know, I'd like to call him out right now, you know, and just just say, look, Clarky, it's time to step up, mate. Jackson's already well ahead. <laughs> uh, fair enough, um, Seamus, mate. In terms of the graphs up there, obviously you've got Clarky running the health and fitness sort of side of things, mate. But um, yeah. what else have the guys been doing to to keep fit up there um, while we've all been in sort of isolation, mate? Uh, it's been it's been a mixture. A, a few of us have actually got on the on the push bikes, been riding the pushies. Uh, one of the few things you can do keep the cardio going, and um, and then yeah, just uh, it looks as though the the twenty five push-ups for 25 days has been keeping a few of the boys busy as well. Um, getting out there on the social media for a good cause. Uh, but yeah, as I said, Clarky put up a challenge to all the boys in the group chat um, saying that he'd buy a carton for a bloke that, that posted the fastest time and, and only one bloke took it up and the rest of us um, just kept taking videos of ourselves chugging beer. So it didn't really <laughs> work too well <laughs> in that. But um, yeah, I think the boys pretty keen to have a few beers still. So We'll get there. Fair enough, mate. Um, now, Seamus, mate, throwing to you, um, you've mentioned that you're president at, uh, at Gladstone now, mate, and obviously you'd be at the ripe old age of 30, mate. You're probably one of the youngest um, club presidents around the state. Um, what was sort of the driving force there, mate, that you wanted to, to jump in and, and take on that role in, obviously, Gladstone, it's, it's a one-club town in terms of rugby. Um, so there's a little bit of there's notoriety with the position, mate, but, uh, you know, a tough, tough, uh, task to, to tackle, mate, while you're managing, um, you know, pretty busy work life as well. Yeah, mate. Um, I guess, yeah, I'm still, I'm still playing so one, one big thing as well. It's, which makes it a bit harder. Um, obviously I haven't, I haven't had to run a home game yet, uh, but it'd be interesting whenever we do get to that point, um, to do that, but for me, I just saw a combination of things. I saw that the club, the club has a really good conglomerate of old boys, uh, known as the the Grogs, the Gladstone Rugby Old Goats, that still play like uh, they still play footy, um, and they still play regularly as well. And the, and they're always around, involved in in home days. And I also saw the juniors. You know, I, I coached the under 13s team, and and we got an under 15s will have coming through and. And seeing the juniors there as well, and and I just thought this this team, you know, this side is a decent side. They've got all the all the ingredients there to, to be a fantastic club, and I just saw that opportunity, and I thought I'd, I'd jump on that and and see what you know what I can do to help out rugby in the community. Because as you said, man, it's it's a rugby league town. We got four rugby league sides here, and we got one rugby union side. So, and we're not a bad rugby union side at that. So. Um, 
you know, like we're not terrible. We still play in the A-grade comp and we still turn up every week with with 15 blokes. I'll beat, you know, most of the time it is only 15. Um, but we turn up, we play. And, yeah, I just think it's an exciting challenge to to go to that next level. And, mate, you mentioned it's, it's a rugby league town up there in Gladstone. But, obviously, <laughs> uh, Union's been um, hyped up a bit there for the last um, sort of six-month period. Um, but you had an NRC game last year, Queensland Country versus Brisbane City. Yeah. And I know uh, yep. every, everyone from uh, the two teams thoroughly enjoyed the trip up there. Um, and then, obviously, you had the Reds trial game against the Rebels at the start of this year. So, and that's obviously been well supported mm. by local government up there, mate. The the mayor, Matt Burnett, he's obviously a big fan of, um, I mm. suppose, not just rugby, but bringing sports to the region in Gladstone. And, uh, mate, I've got to say, the, the rugby community up there, mate, were excellent hosts. Um, mm. They really went above oh, and cheers. beyond to make everyone um, feel welcome. And I know, yeah, as I said, everyone down here, mate, at, at Queensland Rugby thoroughly enjoyed um, the, the experience there at Marley Brown Oval and in the wider town, mate, it was excellent. Yeah, mate, it's it's fantastic. And, yeah, big shout-out to to Matt Burnett, the mayor, what he's been doing with, with sports up here um, to to get those teams here. Obviously, we had an NRL match last year or the year before, I think it was, as well. And then um, the NRC game, which was awesome. Uh, and then building into that Reds match, the Reds match was a dream come true for us, obviously, um, bit of a last minute thing to get it but it's just fantastic that we did and and that really really helped set up the club like I mentioned earlier we we had a lot of momentum running into this season and I I believe 100% that was off the back of that Reds game like we had we played a trial match after the Reds played obviously against um, Rocky Brothers because it was an early match so we, we played later into the evening um and we had we had like 25, 30 blokes turning up to training for for that trial match in the middle of summer in January, and it just goes to show, you know, even though maybe they're they're there only because for that opportunity, but at least it brought guys out that hadn't been playing rugby for a while or hadn't played it ever, and wanted to give it a go. And now we've got a, a large network. You know, I was looking in our group chat the other day. We got over 50 guys in there for a pool of people to pull from. Versus last year, you know, we were getting eight to training at best. So that Reds game, fight well, yeah, been excellent for the team and for the juniors as well. Um, and then also financially for us, it's just been, was excellent. So really appreciate what, yeah, you guys did and, and Brad Brad as well, his initiatives there with, with playing footy out in the bush. Well, mate, I know you guys got to spend, um, you know, a fair few hours there with Brad in a pretty uh, intimate rugby dinner scenario, mate, where... Uh... I think he was with you guys for almost three hours the night before uh, the trial game. Yeah, that was awesome. It's funny, I, I, I organised that, and I, you know, I sort of was calling around. I was bugging you, and I was bugging, you know, everyone I could to see if I could get Brad for a dinner the night before. And um, I remember, who was it? Your your team manager said, um, "Yeah, he'd be happy to do that." Um, and I just said, "Yeah, for an hour, if he could come in, and maybe a couple of the players." And then what he ended up turning up around 7.30 and didn't leave until 10.30 and, and absolutely just was excellent, you know, talking up on the stage and, and talking to everyone on the tables. And he brought a heap of the boys in um, and they just flooded the room. They all sat on the tables with everyone and were talking and it was just awesome. It was really, really good to see that, that support for the club and, you know, for the community. So, 
yeah, really, really got a lot of respect for Brad for that. And, um, yeah, really appreciate it. Well, no, man, I know uh, he definitely enjoyed the night. And I think that just all ties into that register region scenario, mate, where he just wanted to do reconnect the boys with, with everyone around the state. And, um, mm. you know, I think it's safe to say, like, obviously Gladstone was um, one of the spots on the register regions tour as well. And some of the fellas like mm. uh, Seru and uh, Henry Spate who went up there, They've got mates for yep. life up in um, up in Gladstone and Central Queensland now, and it was really nice to actually yeah. see them there at the Reds trial match, um, supporting the guys and the fellas catching up with them afterwards. Okay, I think that just sort of goes to show the the ongoing um, benefits of that initiative, and hopefully it's something we can continue yeah. uh, post the the COVID nineteen uh, scenario. Yeah, and and that you know the signing. The afternoon that they did with the juniors as well, like to just to me that shows those junior kids, you know, they're there to, and they saw them. And I think that we definitely swung some more juniors away from league that weekend, um, hopefully, so that they, you know, they saw those guys and they could meet them and, and all of that. I think that went really well. Um, mate, there's another great story out of Gladstone as well um, with one of the young girls and your juniors who I believe she's got. Um, the cerebral palsy, and uh, she's created a great link up with uh, Alicia Hewitt, one of our Wallaroos girls, who's also played for for Queensland in, in Super W, um, and uh, she's someone who's obviously been welcomed and um, in, I suppose encouraged to take part in rugby and, and engage with the rugby community up there at uh, at the Gruffs. Yeah, mate, that that was fantastic. Uh, so we got yeah, this young this young lady. She plays in the under eights and got cerebral palsy, and and um, she, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So we put a post up last year about it, um, just saying thanks. It was from a message from her mum to the club, just saying thanks, and it um it ended up going viral. I think it you know it went all around the world, and it it also. Um, yeah, I think it went past three or 400,000 views and it was just crazy, actually, the take-up on it. And then, yeah, got got that jersey sent to us um, and we presented it to her at a game and, and she just she just loved it. She's just absolutely loved it. So, yeah, it was just amazing, um, that support and, yeah, where, where that ended up. And, yeah, it's just it's really cool. And it's good to see the young girls get involved as well. We've got quite a number of them still playing with with, you know, through through all the pathways, so yeah, it was excellent. No, mate, I think that's a it's a great example of the Gladstone rugby community, mate, coming together up there. It's excellent. Yeah, no, cheers, uh, Jackson. Obviously, uh, we've heard a lot from Seamus, mate. Time to throw to you. Um, yeah, have a, have a go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jacko, mate, you and I have obviously known each other for over a decade, mate. We've been um, good mates from USC, but. Um, you know, well, I've had the the benefit of um, traveling overseas for footy for work. You've actually had the benefit of um, building a nice little um, international uh, career that's seen you play, as you mentioned earlier, in Ireland, in the Netherlands, and then in Germany, mate. Um, mate, what's sort of been the driving force for you to um, to go overseas and, I suppose, just throw yourself in a completely different scenario, whether you've known anyone or it's been, you know, sort of that uncomfortable sense of being somewhere new where you don't necessarily speak the language and experience rugby in a whole different sense. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I remember 
about probably a decade ago, like when I finished school, I really never thought I'd be a big traveler. I kind of thought I'd be happy to sort of stay in Australia and that would just be me. But I think maybe I was giving this some thought the other day and I think one of the big influences of it was going to USC as a university and it has and where where I lived at Uni Central, it had a lot of you know, international students from all over the world. And I think that exposure really got me got me thinking that I wanted to I wanted to travel and I wanted to go see these places more. So I got through my degree and it actually coincided really well. The year the year we won the A grade comp twenty fifteen, I finished my I graduated. And it was just a great time. I talked to my mum about it and she said, yeah, if, if you've got the opportunity, you'd be crazy not to. And that's kind of the thought behind it. So maybe the, yeah, the two weeks before um, the grand final in 2015, uh, I got uh, the coach from Cashel RFC, uh, Tipperary, uh, sent me a message and asked if I'd be keen on going over there. And I said, yeah, of course I would. I didn't even know what Tipperary or Cashel were. I just thought, Ireland, yeah, sweet. That's It's Europe. I can get there. Um, too, nice and white. Exactly. Um, <laughs> can't stand the sun. But, uh, yeah, so it, was, and that, it just happened within and then gave it a week and they got back to me again and they said, yeah, if you're still keen, we'll, we'll – ring you tonight and I rang, they rang me and I, we talked for about an hour about everything about the goal and about what they were looking for and I said yeah you know they were selling ice, ice to Eskimos you know it was it was a tough sell but um, they got me there no it was it was a great it was a great experience and like my mum said it'd be crazy not to go and that was basically the thought I had and then it was just yeah it was an unbelievable experience it's a lovely country Ireland just if they could put a roof on it it'd be a bit better just rains a lot. Um, but it was really the, when I was there, mate. Uh, must must be nice. <laughs> I reckon I got about seven months straight of rain. But um, it was good to play there. It was we played uh, senior footy, which is just the it was we played in uh, the All Island League two A, which is the third level down. Um, so it goes one A, one B, two A. And we were playing one week we were in Belfast, the next week we were in Dublin, one week we were in Limerick, down then down in Cork. We all, it was all all over the country, all over both countries. And um, yeah, it was an unbelievable experience. It was it was great. Well, I know by the time uh, I got to go to Ireland, you and I were living together at Kangaroo Point, but I think like a week after <laughs> I left to go to Ireland, you went to the Netherlands. And I think uh, <laughs> The most chat we had at that point was uh, you were giving me tips of what to buy from the uh, local equivalent of Seven Eleven. Chicken, chicken rolls, chicken fillet rolls, That's best it. thing ever. Four euros, bag of potatoes, can of coke, chicken fillet roll. And digestives. Yeah, digestives. What a treat! <laughs> that was the life. That was the life I lived. <laughs> if we weren't going to the chipper, <laughs> if we wasn't going to the chipper, we were going to the going to um, the. The supermarkets it was so good, um, but yeah, we timed that poorly because then yeah, when you went, I went, I went to the Netherlands. Yeah, like you said, about a week later, um, down in Middelburg, which is uh, close to Belgium, mm. close to the border of Belgium, about half an hour, forty-five minute drive through the tunnel, and that was that was a bigger challenge where 
going to Ireland was good because it was just like beyond Australia. They just sounded, they just had the Irish accent. Everyone spoke English. It was great, you know. It's basically the same. But going to the Netherlands was a was a bit of a culture shock. Going to the to Aldi and trying to buy something was immediately difficult, you know. Um, but that it was a good fun. It was a good challenge too. And I think I, I, when I got there, I was a bit nervous. But the more we were there, the more you embrace it, and the more you learn to get by um, and the club supported us really well um, and Dutch people speak better English than we do but for the most part so it wasn't as it was a bit silly to worry looking back no fair enough and then obviously mate you're only home a very short time before you then went back over to Germany mate um, how did Germany differ from your other two international experiences mate Germany was a, another good experience, but it was a tougher experience where, where everyone tells me that German and French people are very proud of, the, of their language and they don't like speaking English so much. Um, and that definitely experienced that. It was a lot harder. If, if you said, if you asked them if they could speak English, they'd not, not everybody, of course, but there was a lot of, a lot of people that either know or just dirty looks. And that was about it. And life, life was a bit more difficult, um, but it was good. It was, a, it was, it was a good club. Um, we went through. We had a bit of a tough time, but we had still had a good time. And the best part about the German footy season is they have a four month gap over Christmas. They have, they have a four month break. It's unbelievable because they just expect so much snow. So yeah. you just, Very yeah. So you start to. Yeah, you start the season in September and you play seven or eight games and you have a four-month break. About I think we finished in mid, mid-November mid or the third week of November and then we were back for the next game, second week of March or something. It was crazy. It was – and you just basically have another – pre. you have a bit of a break and then you have another preseason and you have to go again for the second half – for the back end of the season. So that was, that was um, crazy, but it was good. Met a lot of good expats there. Um, and played against them, uh, so they, they a lot of them played for the for the German national team now or did. So it was good. To, it was good. It was a good challenge to play over there. Now, mate, obviously, when when you and I were running around as 19, 20 year olds on the sunny coast, mate, and loving everything USC had to offer up on the Sunshine Coast, did you ever picture that you'd be having sort of these very different rugby experiences around the world, mate, as a you know, an amateur club play? No, it really never crossed my mind until it must have been 2011 when China, when James Arrow went over to Stort, Bishop Stortford yep. in England. Yeah, so that really, that, and I didn't think it was a, for him and Stocker went, and that, never thought, I never thought about it. And, I, and after that happened, I thought, oh, I mean, they're both very good footy players. And I thought, if they can do that, maybe I could think about doing that. And then I never really did give it some thought because at the time I was um, just playing reserve grade and a bit of A grade, usually just riding, riding the pine for A grade um, Been there, in 2011. And I, and I really wanted to um, make myself an A grade player and I thought it'd be silly trying to go overseas and just be like by being a reserve, a reserve grade footy player. I thought I need to be playing the best I can. So I spent yeah, the next four years... 2012, 2013, 14, 15, just trying to get myself to up my skills and always trying to get better. 
and then I and then I also wanted to uh, get my bachelor and have a qualification. So I, because I knew if I went away and came back, I'd never finish. Uh, so that was good motivation. And then when I did that, uh, when I graduated science for fifteen, I just looked into it, and it's in, it's just so easy now. Everything you know, it's everything's on Facebook. It's just a message or an email, or, and you know you can just make a, someone can ring you. Over Facebook, over Facebook or whatever, and it's just so simple um, to organize. And yeah, I just it just happened. It happened so quickly, like I said, in the end of se- in September 2015, I was gone within three weeks. Well, even just you uh, mentioning writing the point in A grade, there it's just reminded me that uh, that you and I made our A grade debut together against uh, Fraser Coast against Fraser 2010. Coast. Yeah, I think we. Yeah. What did we win by? Like ninety nil or something. Yeah, and I should have got a try first touch, and someone threw a dummy, got tackled. Oh, I just remember oh, so dirty back late and not getting penalised. Typical dog forward play. Classic stuff. <laughs> but um, it's funny, mate, in terms of all these different international experiences that you've had, mate, because it's something that I always wanted to do. I always wanted to go play rugby in England. I sort of pictured that I'd finish up at USC, have my degree, and say, right, I'm going to go play rugby in England and whether I did proper work or poured beers for 12 months, so be it. But uh, I ended up working at QIU um, before I'd even finished my degree. So been there since and it hasn't come to pass. So I've uh, lived those uh, fantasies through you vicariously over the last... Uh, yeah, vicariously, yeah. Yeah, six to eight years. Well, mate, we'll always have getting robbed in Amsterdam, so... You can live that for me. <laughs> that was an experience and a half uh, later. <laughs> early morning, I think. Well, early morning for me. Well, what was it? Was it late at night for me? Early morning for you? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Good times. Um, now, fellas, obviously, for both of you guys, you guys have experienced, you know, Premier Rugby in Brisbane, having played for UQ for you, Seamus, and. Jackson, you've obviously played for East, and whenever you're back in Brisbane, you still get around the Tigers. Um, Always. And I think you even got a couple of Stingrays caps when the Stingrays were around. Um, two. Two. Claim it. Um, <laughs> sting bads for life, mate. My three Prem caps can all count. Maybe four. <laughs> I can't even remember. Um, but, lads, obviously, you've played Prem rugby here. You've played country rugby as well. What do you guys reckon are some of the key differences as well as the similarities between whether it's playing in a club here in Brizzy with, you know, five, six senior teams plus Colts compared to going to um, a club, whether it's, you know, on the coast or out west or in CQ where you might have one or two senior teams and maybe a Colts if you're lucky? Um, For me, mate, um, obviously never played. Prems would play grades many years for me especially with a big club like UQ you know you always had numbers and you always had guys pushing for spots and you had that competition and you know that that sort of thing whereas you come up here and um, for example our first game last year we had 11 blokes turn up (laughs) and um, and we actually like but the thing is not one of the guys wanted to forfeit so we grabbed a guy from the opposition and we grabbed and another guy, so we had 10, sorry, and we had one guy that was injured that then decided to put boots on and we grabbed a guy from the opposition because he needed to have a minimum of 12, I think it was, to start a game. 
so that you could like not forfeit that game. So we had a whole bunch of guys there. We'd just driven an hour and a half and they're like, stuff this, we want to play. And not, not once did anyone say, nah, we're not doing this. We're, we're going to go, you know, and we were playing the best team in the comp hands down. And um, we got on that field and just, you know, we just played our hearts out. We, we got smashed 80 to three, but you know, I said to the guys before we started, I said, nothing goes through the middle. I said, if that's one thing that we can do today, don't let anyone through the middle. And you know, that sort of attitude for bush footy for me is the biggest difference. You know, the guys turn up, and they want to play. And, you know, whether or not we're down three players before we even start the game, they, you know, guys turn up, we play. And, yeah, that sort of attitude to me is is excellent. Whereas, yeah, versus the Brizzy comp where you just got numbers on numbers on numbers, which is good for the competition side of things, um, for spots and things. But, yeah, that, that sort of heart is just, yeah, awesome in bush footy. Very true, mate. Yeah, I think... I think one of the interesting things are that the because the change is now that I'm coming back out here, whereas this is kind of the footy I grew up watching and playing, and now I'm kind of coming back to it after ten or ten or eleven years. So it's pretty exciting, and kind of reminds me of when I first went up to grades as a cult, and I'm relearn relearning things. But what what I see is like especially the similarities is it's just there's the want there's the want to be there, you know. Boys are there to play, and they're like they're there to train. Like people hate training, but they 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 do it because they love they love playing footy. They love hanging out with their mates, having the beers on you know Saturday night or Saturday night or whatever. So it's always it's it's refreshing to see that, and it's good that it doesn't really change in many places. Um, like this is a big league town, and you know the Cowboys here have you know three grades under 18s, and then there's a junior league club and this and that, and. You know, they, they do well, but it's good to see that our community is growing as well and it's still it's still tight knit. Uh so that's that's good to see. The same as like Seamus said, the challenge is always getting people. And but like I said, those people those people that are there want to be there. They don't feel they have to be there or they're not getting forced to. They play hard too. The the people that you do have are always good good people, you know. They're the consistent ones. Mm. And Jackson, out of work, mate, obviously it's been um, – you guys have been playing B grade for a while. Um, I suppose it hasn't been the strongest period for the club in a while, but it seems, mate, that there seems to be a little bit of a resurgence um, happening out there, obviously with some good people involved um, in the committee as well that are helping drive that. It, I think it's positive things happening out in Warwick, mate. Yeah, like I said the, at the uh, meeting, they – at the start of the year, they really want to get um, into a, a better place. There, I think they're in a they're in a pretty good place now. They had a a good um, finals run last year. Um, didn't didn't quite get to the the big dance, but they got they got very close. Um, so it's always it's a good building block. Um, and then, like you said, the committee is is building more, well and they've just re-elected a lot of positions. So a lot of people coming in with a lot of energy and a lot of fresh ideas. And a lot of that is to do with the with the strategic plan between one year and five years from now, and then everything's on the table. They want to, we want to get back to an A grade, reserve grade um, club with two grades. We're always pushing out women's as we have tons of women, but um, 
We're just trying to get them into the downs comp. That's mostly just a sevens comp at the moment. Um, and then the next is the juniors. And it was actually interesting to hear Rob Johnson say on the last podcast that the all of the downs juniors struggles a bit, which is not great, but it makes I think it's a great opportunity for us out here because we have two two quite well what Scots is quite a big school for rugby and then where I work assumption is quite a big league school and there and a lot of the boys and girls ask when they're playing when they can be playing rugby or rugby union and we've with the creation of our juniors this year there's going to be a lot of opportunities for kids to do that now mm. so hopefully that continues to grow and they can really um, put a dent in the league players out here which would be nice it is funny that with, with Downs in terms of the fact that it seems to be that there's a real club present presence within the um, the real juniors, sort of like from, you know, under sixes through to under twelves. And, um, you know, we've all sort of started playing in that, that sense. Um, obviously, for Gundy, for you, Seamus. Um, Jackson, for you, it was more sort of league and Mooney, but, and then through to Downlands and... Um, my primary school in Toowoomba, St. Anthony's, was linked up with USQ, but those teenage years in Toowoomba seem to be the, well, not Toowoomba, but the entire down seems to be the interesting point where, because you've got those sort of big schools that everyone ends up at, whether that's Toowoomba Grammar or Downlands or whatever, that seems to be where you play in rugby and the club rugby seems to, to suffer as a bit of a result. Yeah, I definitely noticed that as well. And I thought, actually gave that a thought because... I mean, and and you gotta you gotta realize it is a big like Toowoomba is a big league town as well. Yeah, there is a lot of league um, around, um, and if you don't go to those schools, and with, especially with Grandma being a GPS school, you know, the one of the, the two best comps in the schoolboy comps in the country, hmm. you know, they're playing at that, and then down there's doing their best to play there or play IAS or whoever they can play. You know, they're they've got a massive history and a massive rivalry of good, really good footy um, with a lot of really good footy players coming from there. So I think a lot of kids would more aspire to play there rather than play club and club would be more of a second thought. Whereas it's not, yeah, it, it doesn't really even itself out. It's more just school than, than club, hmm. which is, is a shame. Though, that like the, your players still seem to come through the system though. Obviously, you know, it's a little bit of a throwback, but you Greg Holmes from Allera, and then obviously more currently we've got Hamish Stewart and Harry Hoopit, who uh, both come from very humble beginnings out west of Toowoomba and have um, have come through to the professional ranks, um, which is great to see. But I suppose in terms of um, talking about the the differences between the clubs, I think the key thing that I've sort of picked up, um, having obviously played up at University of Sunshine Coast through to East, is uh, I think at USC, Jackson, you can agree with this. Like we knew everyone. There was A grade, reserve grade, Colts, and a women's team. It was a very tight knit community, and you knew everyone. Whereas yeah. I think at the bigger clubs where you have six senior teams, as we said, plus Colts, it's very hard to get a grasp on who everyone is. And I think it changes from club to club as well. I'd say East is actually pretty good at it. UQ traditionally has been really good at embracing um, all their grades as well, but. Uh, in terms of actually then that community away from the field as well, in terms of getting around each other during times like we were experiencing at the moment and supporting everyone through, it's it's a real strength for, for country rugby clubs. 
Yeah, definitely. And even now I see uh, the boys I still know from USC on the socials and they're still doing a lot of stuff together. They'll still be getting around each other a lot and a lot of support. And I say that's kind of why Clarkie's like that up in Gladstone as well. He's missing the boys a bit, so he's trying to keep morale high, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, you're right. It's You can get a bit lost in the big in the big uh, clubs. So it is, it is, it's been, it has been refreshing to come back and just to be back with the boys and know everyone and, and kind of be all hands on deck too. It's good to, it's good to be helping. Well, I hope I'm helping. (laughs) Very true. Um, All right. Well, fellas, to, to wrap things up, um, usually what we do with the Prangray boys is we chuck them a fast five questions. They're not that fast, but we'll get through them. Um, so we'll jump straight into it, boys. Um, now, Phils, who do you guys reckon would be the best clubman at uh, at at your club? Um, for you, Jacko, obviously uh, you're only just fresh at Warwick, so if you want to do a throwback, you can. But we'll, we'll start off with you, at Seamus, up in Gladstone. Yeah, for me, mate. Um, first name that comes to mind is is Carl Weston. He's a he's he's the head of the the Grogs team, uh, the Gladstone Rugby Old Goats. He's a treasurer for the club. He's down, yeah. He's he's involved in everything. He he's, he sponsors the club uh, through his business, and he just seems like yeah, one of those guys that's just that is a lifeblood of, of clubs like ours. So yeah, he's he's a fantastic bloke, and yeah, big shout out to to Carl. Fair shout, mate. And Jacko for you, mate. Yeah, there's there's actually a bloke out here that um. I know from around, his name's Al, and he does everything. He, I think he actually used to coach when um, Rats had an A-grade team. And he's there, just one example, he's there every Thursday after training, cooking sausages and onion for the boys. Like, then we just have sausage on bread after training and beers. Unreal. Um, and then someone back at USC was Dean Nito. It was Bams. He, um, he did everything constantly mm. and played good footy and then was just – Organised everything. It was unbelievable. So no, that's a fair miss shout, him. <laughs> bam, bam. He uh, accountant by trade, and if he wasn't sorting out the boys' uh, tax returns, he was uh, handling the club's finances. Great bloke. Exactly. Lovely bloke. Now, fellas, who would you guys rate as the most underrated player at, at, at your clubs? Um, I'll go first. So for me, it's uh, Cookie or, or Josh Nuvaro. He's uh, he's a cook on a boy. He's, he's lived in Gladstone, yeah, for for a good while, and he is a monster on the field. He's second row with myself, and and he's a yeah, young gun. He's fit as he's getting leaner this this season, and he just runs it that hard. Like I, I'm just glad I I um I play with him, not against him. hasn't hasn't had. Um, any time in the Brahmins jersey yet, or or any further? But I think if yeah, if, if he has a crack at that, old old Rob Johnson will be giving him a call up to healers for sure. He is a yeah, he's an absolute gun. So, but yeah, hasn't had those accolades just yet. Fair enough. For you, Jacko. Um, a bloke we played with uh, that 2015 uh, team of the Sunny Coast was Scucks Deluxe, Jacob Courtney. I thought, and he was a second rower as well. And he was just someone who always had his head down, always working hard, always made tackles, made tough carries, won all his line outs. 
was a good scrum operator. Everything. He was a good. He was someone who I thought was very underrated, but we wouldn't have. I don't know. I don't know if we would have won without him doing all that hard work. And then someone very similar here at the Rats is Ross Murray, and he's also he's the second row, and he just gets around and the motor never stops. Yeah, I mate, isn't it funny? The underrated players are all second rows, and um, and Ross is the, the registrar of the club as well, so he's he's doing a lot of work. Nice. Now, fellas, uh, worst trainer. Who would you boys rate as your worst trainer? Worst trainer, as in. Well, this what, is. Uh, I, I got this one. So Matt Guido. Um, did a, did a story recently where he basically said, like, as much as George Smith is an absolute beast on the field, he's a worse trainer. Hates fitness. Uh, hates putting in. Um, you know, the country yeah. clubs, it might be someone who rarely rocks up by the team run on a Thursday afternoon, but then just absolutely kills it on a Saturday. Yeah. No, we got them. Uh, <laughs> we got some <laughs> We got some brothers called the Mariner Boys, and um, they're just absolute guns but just hate training. Absolutely hate training. So, like, we'll turn up every weekend and and um, play in the. We had them in the centres last year. I think uh, Big T scored five tries in one of the games. So just an absolute essential. But um, <laughs> can't couldn't turn up in training. So um, yeah, that, that'd have to go go out to the Mariner boys, LJ and Tarrant. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, and out here. There's one of the boys, young bloke, who but he's a he's a weapon, um, Jared Fearby. And I had to ask one of the boys if it was okay to throw him under the bus like this, because at the, when we were training at the start of the year, every Tuesday he had to leave at seven thirty at training. <laughs> and it was we were a bit like, don't know why. Anyway, and you look around, you'd be in the middle of a drill, you'd look around, he'd be disappeared. He'd be gone. Seven thirty on the dot. <laughs> and found out it's because Married at First Sight was on. And he had to get home <laughs> for maths. What the hell? <laughs> so, so thank God maths is over when we go back to training. Um, yeah. yeah. If we can keep him on the field, he'll, <laughs> he'll chop up. That's a punishable offence, mate. Yeah, well, we haven't even got the punishments yet, have we? No. <laughs> Thinking back to USC, uh, what about uh, our old mate Jason Capello? Oh, he's definitely one. Yeah. Um, Trained hard on his, his aesthetic. He looked great. But, yeah, at footy, he's never that. He was just so new. He was just a natural. No, if there was something else happening at Uni Central that was more interesting on a Thursday night, good luck getting Jason to training. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very true. All right. Now, fellas, if you guys could recruit someone from within your competition to come to your club from one of the other clubs, who would that be? Mate, uh, for me, it's it's a it's another former heavy, of course. Um, in George Stacey, also played out at Gundy as well. So he played for Drivers last year and absolutely wrecked us on the wing. Um, yeah, he's he's got some pace that kid. So yeah, George Stacey for sure. Um, I guess I got a couple of emus boys. One one would be my cousin Billy Thompson. If he'd be great, played. Played a couple of games with before, and he's a halfback, and I'm a ten, and it was just unbelievable playing playing with him. Um, such a good footballer, such a natural footballer, and the other one probably just maybe he's getting a bit long in the tooth, but Sam Tweedy would be great to have uh, as a clubman. And, yeah, 
have him have him around, and um, he's a good footy player, so very very handy. Good shouts there, mate. That's for sure. All right, now, fellas, to wrap things up, um, this week is National Volunteers Week. It's a great chance to recognise um, some of the unsung heroes in our rugby clubs around the state. Who would you guys rate as the best volunteer at your clubs? Um, well, yeah, like I've already mentioned Carl there. Um, he's he's excellent. Um, and then, yeah, just, just our, our strapping girls, I guess we got... Um, Got a couple there, Amanda Ball, who's been through the club, you know, for many years, helping out with with strapping, and she was president and 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 everything. I think she has like over 250 caps as such, where she's strapped and, and helped out for uh, Jesse Neal um, as well and um, Gemma Bacon. So yeah, those those three girls turn up every game day, make sure that, you know, everything is run smoothly in the background. All the boys get strapped up and, and they do everything else as well as that. It's not just that. It's, you know, running water, making sure all the scores are done right and, and the whole lot. So, yeah. It's a, quite a host there, sorry. Good yeah. <laughs> Jack, over you, mate. Um, the other one would be who I mentioned before, Al. Well, he's just – he's a volunteer, but then his wife, Haley, does – so much stuff around the club, um, like another of those things you just you wouldn't see. Um, and she's everywhere. And I think even earlier this year, she won um, at the Sport Awards out here the Volunteer of the Year. Um, so it's great that she got some recognition for that. But she does so much. She does so much for us. So much for the boys and the girls. And mate, throw them back to our old club at USC, mate. Who's someone that's uh, that's worthy of a shout out? Oh, there's so many people going through that time. I mean, going through that time, someone like, I mean, he was the assistant coach, but Diesel was always, Diesel was someone who really was there constantly helping. Yep. Um, and then obviously the other one, like we said, was, was Bams, Dean Edo again. Like he, everything he does is for love. <laughs> like yeah. there's no... He he was just they were just there constantly, um, and were always able to help if you ever needed it. And of course, senior Fritz mate who ran the uh, raffles at Little Bar Pub every Friday night. Gaza Fritz, without fail. I think, I mean, he was down at the pub every Friday four thirty to sell tickets and raise money for the club. But also, I mean, he enjoyed his skewies as well, so it helped him. Well, yeah, he was probably down there either way. All right, lads. Well, we've been on the phone for a while. Nothing new though. Um, That's right. Thanks very much for coming on, boys. Obviously, uh, you fellas have been some good mates that uh, I've made throughout the rugby journey, and it's um, a pleasure to have you guys on and talk about uh, what country rugby means to you fellas while we're in uh, in COVID lockdown, and, and hopefully we're all back on a footy field sooner rather than later, all being in uh, different parts of the state. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, mate, it's been um, it's been good. Got to say. Congratulations on doing these because they've been excellent to listen to. I've been loving listening to all the different people, even like the brothers yeah. boys last week, you know, like yeah. having to suffer through them. But uh, it's been great to hear everyone's <laughs> different stories and, and um, yeah, I've been loving it. Yeah, yeah great work. Uh, thanks, boys. Much appreciated. All right, lads, we'll leave you to it. Hooroo. Thanks, mate. You have a good one. See thanks, you through the chat. Love you. <laughs>